0: What's poppin', family? It's episode 133 of The Genius Life. What's going on, team? Welcome to another episode of The Genius Life. I'm your host, Max a filmmaker, health and science journalist, and the author of the New York Times best-selling book, Genius Foods and The Genius Life. I am beyond pumped for this episode of the show, in which I chat with the epic Peter Krone. Peter specializes in revealing the limiting beliefs and subconscious narratives that dictate and shape behavior, health, relationships, and performance. He coaches some of the world's top athletes and has appeared on some of the world's top podcasts. In this episode of the show, we cover everything from a daily practice that can help you and me feel and achieve a greater sense of self love to how to cope with loneliness. We chat about how resistance is synonymous to suffering two things that I hadn't connected prior to my conversation with Peter, you'll discover why you should trust the divine timing of the universe and how our circumstances are often designed to help us evolve. I know it's a hard concept to swallow, but Peter will walk you through it. Peter also shows us how enoughness and feelings of adequacy must come from within and can't possibly come from our partners. I wish I had that knowledge in some of my past relationships, but better late than never, you know? I love talking to Peter. He's one of the brightest guys I know and he drops a million ideas a minute. You're going to want to make sure that you listen closely, carefully, and all the way through to the end. I have a feeling this is going to be one of those episodes that you not only come back to again and again for, you know, an occasional dose of inspiration, but that you are going to definitely want to share with your friends and loved ones. Wink, wink. Cough, cough. Want to hear a fun fact, you guys? I am almost always sipping on something by my friends at Four Sigmatic during my recordings, and I'm so pumped to have them sponsor this episode of the show. The team at Four Sigmatic harvests the best medicinal mushrooms around. Somehow they turn these mushrooms into beyond tasty drinks that have even more impressive health benefits. And of course, we have a special offer for the Genius Life podcast audience. I'm a huge fan of their elixirs. I buy their lion's mane infused coffee, which contains organic freeze dried coffee. I can guarantee it tastes just like regular coffee, not at all like mushrooms whether you're a mushroom fan or not you're going to really be into this and if you'd like to check out anything that four sigmatic has to offer all you got to do is go to foursigmatic.com max or enter code max at checkout that is four sigmatic f-o-u-r-s-i-g-m-a-t-i-c dot com slash max to receive 10 percent off of your order uh again they're lion's mane infused coffee or they're just straight up lion's mane elixir Super great to have around the house to drink uh, when you're when you don't want to be ingesting any caffeine or to throw into recipes. So check them out. slash max promo code max 10% off. I also want to share the athleisure brand Viori with you guys. I feel fancy just saying the word athleisure. I got to be honest with you guys. So you best bet I feel my best when I'm wearing it too. I first discovered Viori through my fan, through my friends at uh, Mind Pump. And now we're all fans of Viori. Viori make incredibly versatile and comfortable activewear. Um, or as some like to call, including myself, athleisure. One of the best aspects of the Viori brand is that it's designed to look great in everyday life. A.K.A. outside of the gym. One of my favorite items is the Men's Bank's short, which are made from recycled plastic bottles. I mean, talk about looking good and feeling good about yourself and your clothing. For the Genius Life family, Viore is offering 20% off of your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at vioreclothing.com slash max. And to spell Viore, that's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com slash max uh i've been wearing their camo shorts lately and they're just so fly do people still say fly anymore i don't know i'm just gonna say it anyway not only will you receive 20 percent off of your first purchase but enjoy free shipping on any u.s order over 75 dollars um and free returns just by going to vioreclothing.com max you're not gonna be sorry uh when you discover the versatility of viore clothing it's really bomb Alrighty, fam, we're about to dive into all things Peter Crone, but before we do, I'd be honored if you'd leave a rating and review on iTunes for the show, like this review from the wonderful Nico Say Nano, who wrote New Subscriber and left us five stars. Nico Seinano wrote, "Just listen to the episode with Doctor Axe. What a wealth of great information! Love the podcast." Well, Nico Seinano, I'm so happy to have you aboard this genius train. We are steaming ahead at full speed, and uh, we're taking no prisoners. We're you know got so many great things in the can, so many fantastic interviews that um, I'm just so proud of, and uh, I can't wait to bring them to you. Every interview that I do is designed to leave you smarter. Um, better, you know, informed, better equipped with knowledge uh, to improve your life and the lives of those around you. So I'm just so grateful that you took the time out of your day to leave such a thoughtful review. Feedback is so key. So if there's anything you guys that I could be doing better or something that you all want to see more of, please let me know. We are all part of this Genius Life family together. Join my newsletter at maxlugavere.com. In doing so, you'll receive a free PDF supplement guide that contains all of the information you need about supplements that can potentially boost your brain function. Supplements can be an overwhelming aspect of health, health, so hopefully I've made it a bit more approachable for you in that PDF guide. You can opt out of my newsletter at any time, although I'd be sad to You go and uh, always know that MaxLugavere.com protects all of your information. We take care of your information and your brain health. It's a double whammy of good vibes. And after you've joined my newsletter, you can come over to, to my text message community by texting the word genius to 310 299 9401. I've had so much fun with the text message community. You guys send me all kinds of great questions and I answer as many as I can. So shoot me a text and we can chat. Plus, I've got some super exciting things coming up that I am pumped to share with you and with all that said let's move into my in-depth chat with the epic mind architect peter crone you're going to see what i mean by that very shortly here we go
1: but like i feel like we're kind of on a date and i want to hold your hand but i'm (laughs)
0: not sure we're at that stage yet (laughs) let's hold hands kind of feels like a thing to do with you i don't know i'm a very loving guy you are a loving guy yeah Thanks for being here. And it's not our
1: first date, so I feel like it's appropriate. <laughs> yeah, it's not our first date. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've, we've hung out.
0: We have. Um, but I'm psyched to have you here. Dude. Genius I've, Life Studios, welcome. Genius to be here. Thank you. We've, we've discussed this on and off for a little while, so yes. here we are. And you've been doing the rounds. You've been on a bunch of shows that some of my friends host. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I knew that you were a brilliant guy, but my friends are like, oh my God, have him on the show. He's like, just mind-blowing. So just totally set me up for disappointment. <laughs> disappointment. <Yeah. laughs> brilliant guy. And cut. That's so funny. My strategy. Thank you. I find that my strategy in life is to over prom, is to, is to under promise and over deliver. Yeah. That's the key to leaving people satisfied. <laughs> so you just did the exact opposite for me, you mean? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. Sorry, it's listeners. brilliant. And
1: let's see how we uh, walk out of here. All right. Yeah. Well, no, I, I appreciate it. And equally, you know, to have a said those kind words about me. It's It's been fun. And I certainly have received a lot of love and uh, acknowledgement along the way and it seems to be transforming
0: people's lives. So I'll keep going. Love it. So you you describe yourself professionally as a mind architect, is uh-huh. that correct?
1: That's Yeah, that's the moniker that seems to be sticking. Yes, I've had that for quite a while.
0: I've never seen that on a business card. That's a pretty cool title.
1: Yes, it was sort of the uh, mother of necessity, you mm. know, when you have to invent something because I felt everything else was contaminated. So I'd been called a happiness guru, a spiritual teacher, hitman for the ego. That stuck around for a minute. Wow. Um, but it's it's I just like the fact that it didn't have any inherent meaning, you know. So if I, someone would say, "Oh, what do you do?" I'm a mind architect. It's going to inspire some curiosity, right? It's not like, "Oh, he's a spiritual teacher," and then you have this vision of me walking around with robes, feathers, and coconut oil which i do on the weekend
0: (laughs) weekends only yeah but not professionally (laughs) right
1: um no so it was just it was just a beautiful i i looked at obviously my main focus is what's going on between the ears for people because i assert that that's what drives all of human behavior and consequently our results and people want to have better results so you better understand your actions and if you want to understand your actions you have to know what's driving them so mind was certainly appropriate and then architecture was really speaking to these tenant improvements that I do for people. So I recognize we have these primal patterns of survival just by virtue of being human. And, um, for the most part, they're sort of deleterious to the effects of what we want to achieve in life. And so if we
0: can change that programming, then we get better outcomes. So I was like, who doesn't want that? That's amazing. Yeah. And how did you realize that you had an aptitude for the work that you do? I mean, like, you just, you've always had like the gift of insight away with words. Like how did you come to be who you are today?
1: It's, I mean, it's been a Genesis over time. I would assert, yes, from a very young age, I was, I make a very powerful distinction. I think it's powerful because I came up with it. So of course it's going because I'm brilliant. <laughs> of course, of course you are. <laughs> um, I make a distinction. I like to make distinctions. So the difference between being vigilant and observant is one of the ones that I share with people. So hmm. from a very young age, I would assert I was very vigilant. And the subtle difference between the two is the energy of fear. So vigilance contains within it the power of observation, right? We're sort of looking out, we're scanning our environment, but from a vigilant perspective, we're doing it for self-preservation reasons right we're we're anticipating potential threats pure observation has got a presence about it um it's just i'm one with my environment and my surroundings and i'm i'm aware there's no underlying agenda or sort of self-preservation um concern so when i was very young i was very vigilant because my parents passed when i was quite young so just just like anybody who has lost their care providers their caregivers There's going to be some concern for your own existence. So um, I was always very aware and very observant and I would assert pretty bright, but now it had this sort of undercurrent of like, ooh, am I going to be okay? So I think I learned to be very sensitive to my environment. And then at some point I switched into just being observant because I realized there was nothing to fear other than what my own mind was anticipating as a potential threat, which was self-generated. And I realized that's pretty futile and exhausting. So hmm. I stopped doing that. So it was over a period of time. But to answer your question, yes, I, I had a lot of observational skills. Um, they just, you know, the energy beneath them has
0: just transmuted over time. Got it. Yeah. So what so what is it that you what is what is it specifically that you can offer listeners, you know, who are tuned in right now? Because I feel like a lot of people are living today in a state of fear, especially
1: now. Yeah. Yeah. Fear has definitely been heightened. And I I've done a couple of videos that were on my Instagram feed. And the first one I was talking about when this whole COVID thing, you know, came to our awareness is I said, COVID isn't actually creating any fear. It's just revealing the fear that's already there. Mm. And it's a very, again, subtle, but I think, you know, it's an empowering way to look at it, which is there's no outside boogie monster, you know, which is people running around in complete terror that they're going to be attacked by this invisible virus. It's almost like, you know, depending on where we go with this conversation, it's the perfect adversary, right? Because you can't see it. So everyone is like looking out in perpetual fear, like you're walking down a street and somebody sees you coming and they go to the other side of the street. This is all psychological, right? And people sitting in their cars with a mask by themselves. I mean, it just is absolutely, from my perspective, asinine, right? But it's because they've been told that there's this boogie monster to fear. So what I can help people to understand is that they are generating their own experience of life, right? There is, if we keep it very simple, there are the circumstances of reality and then there's our subconscious narrative about it and there's no suffering in reality. Now, if you really just get that, that's freedom, right? So again, there's reality with all of the circumstances, your bank account, your body weight, your relationship, your job, whatever's going on with your health, and then There is what you're basically saying about it, most of which is automated because of your subconscious patterns. And it's in the dialogue, in the narrative that all of the suffering and the emotions exist. The circumstances are just what they are. I'm not saying they're easy. I'm not condoning some of them. I'm not saying that you want them. But there's actually no problem. Even someone right now is getting diagnosed with cancer, right, which is a hefty subject. Mm -hmm. My mom passed when I was seven uh, of cancer. But there's no actual problem with cancer. Cancer is cancer, and we don't know what that means, right, to whatever degree, whatever stage. If the oncologist were to come in and say, oh, I'm sorry to tell you, you know, your tumor came back, it's malignant, and then you're like, oh, you freak out. But if he was then like the next morning to come in and say, oh, I forgot to tell you, you're going to be fine in four months, then do you see it sort of offsets all of the reaction, which is a fear of a future that hasn't happened yet, but the mind tends to default to worst-case scenario. Mm. So if you just start to understand that mechanism There's some freedom to be found, right? Which is one of my quotes, I say, past hurt informs future fear. So wherever we've had failures, disappointments in relationships, work, finance, health, the brain tends to predict and project. So now it's trying to anticipate the opposite of whatever it is that you've had that hurt or at worst, you know, perpetuate it because you're just always trying to avoid it. Mm. So this is where the sort of self-fulfilling prophecies that most people live in are, are so abundant. So that's kind of what I help people to see is not so much give solutions, but recognize the way it works. It's like, oh, I'm creating all of my own suffering. And I'm not saying that their circumstances are easy, but they are what they are. It's like Yoda, you know, it's like do or do not. There is no try, right? Like if there's something that you don't like, handle it or don't. But like just to sit there and get upset about it doesn't do either. And it just leaves you as a victim of your circumstance, not realizing you're the one actually creating that experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, to 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 some people that are like maybe you know financially strapped or mm-hmm. overweight and struggling with their health, like yeah, isn't a lot of what you're saying easier said than done? All of it, yeah. I would say
1: all of it is easier said than done, but I think it's still empowering to understand the mechanism, mm. right? Because otherwise, it's not only your life circumstances challenging, but you also don't know why you get upset, mm. right? I'd much rather okay, my life circumstances are challenging. And now I have some insight to recognize, well, I'm the one actually creating all of my emotional suffering, which as you know, the psychological cascades into the emotional body that cascades into the physiological body. So if I'm sick, then invariably to me, it's because of that was perpetuated over time from an emotional state of dis-ease, the absence of ease, that eventually your body's just going to wear down and express itself and manifest in some sort of sickness. So I'm not denying that a lot of people, especially right now, are dealing with a lot of hardship. But if we could at least remove the the component of the formula that is creating suffering and hardship, right? Yeah. Otherwise, it's a loss, loss, right? It's like, okay, well, the circumstances aren't ideal. And now we start to look at it a lot more objectively versus having this personified woe is me on top
0: of hardship. Mm. So you're saying that we can basically will ourselves out of perpetual fear, out of perpetual stress
1: yeah i I wouldn't use the word will we could but a lot of people will their way through life right they will themselves to the gym they will themselves to a job but i would say that is a sympathetic response to life right that's a fight-or-flight mechanism Mm. and a lot of people get outcomes you know like athletes corporations they will will their way into deals often at the expense of others so first of all you could look at it from a perspective of it's not very you know harmonious way to live life with others because usually you'll do it at any expense as we're seeing right now in the world like there doesn't seem to be any actual care for society um and in terms of your your nervous system if i'm in a state of will it's sort of the energy is more forceful right so i like to look at something more from a perspective of grace and ease and harmony and flow Hmm. so Rather than trying to will yourself to do it, I would recognize, okay, well, what's in the way of you getting what you want or being in action in the way that you assert you'd like to be? It's, um, you know, one of my catchphrases, I say I don't solve people's problems, I dissolve them. <laughs> because if you're trying to solve something, you're actually subtly reinforcing the belief that there is a problem in the first place. So mm. that's the vicious cycle.
0: Whereas I'm saying there's nothing wrong with you, but allow me to show you what's in the way of you realizing that. Hmm. What te- what do you tend to find um when talking to people, like what, what are those, what, what, what are those obstacles tend to be for people?
1: Um, I mean, some of the ones that everyone can relate to, I mean, I'm actually, I've delineated what I assert a 10, you know, which is what I'm going to write about in my book. Um, which I'm hoping will be sort of complete around the end of the year, but let's just discuss one, maybe two, which are very commonplace, which is the feeling of inadequacy or in lay terms, I'm not enough. Mm, right. Com- and that's common. Very common. I think everyone can relate to that. Even some of my most successful clients. You know, regardless of what they've um, attained and achieved externally, and they may not be wanting for anything financially or in terms of their status, but there's still this internal human aspect of insufficiency and inadequacy, and oftentimes their success has become a compensation for that. Right. So oftentimes, the person who has garnered financial security and some sort of status in the in the in the marketplace has done that as a way of adapting to feeling inadequate. And then they wonder why they have all of the trappings, but they still can't sleep or they still can't find a good relationship or their kids don't relate to them. So not enoughness
0: is, I would say, more of a pandemic than, yeah. <laughs>
1: than the current virus. Wow, that's
0: so interesting. And do men and women <clears throat> experience not enoughness the same or, or different? That's a great question. I've never actually been asked that question. I would,
1: this is the way I'd phrase it. They experience it the same, but they they adapt to it in different ways. Mm. So the fundamentals, so if we look at each other as beings, right, without getting too esoteric. So this meat suit is the way that I sort of interact. It's my interface with with society and the world, right? It's it's through tactility, smell, all my senses that I get to have an interface with the world. But the being that I said I am is I would... Say is the same as the being that anyone is, right? In terms of the inherent qualities of love and freedom and peace, I, I'm saying these are the the characteristics of somebody's soul, boundless. And then we look through this lens of limitation. So from that perspective, the experience for male or female is the same, but women, because of their sort of tendency towards nurturance, it's going to exacerbate the quality of wanting to be loved and accepted as a compensation through the qualities of people-pleasing, subservience—you know sexuality is where a lot of women have to put they feel their emphasis on in terms of garnering value, mm. right? So for women, it's sort of that bucket and including beauty, right? There's way more pressure on a woman as it relates to her appearance and her outfits, which is why the fashion industry skews more to the feminine what does the male tend towards well you know these are primal patterns right so if he feels inadequate then the compensation pattern is more around strength right performance and this is where we see so much competition which can show up in aggression right so the women are going to be more kind of catty and whereas the guys are going to be just more in your face but the underlying driving force is still fear that I'm in competition with somebody. Now, why are we in competition? Because the primal pattern is sort of sustaining the species and propagating my genes, right? That's pure survival. So if a guy isn't the strongest and the girl isn't the prettiest, well, now you've got the threat that you're not actually going to be part of the tribe mm. and that you're going to be left out in the wilderness to die. Now, that all may seem pretty melodramatic, but that's energetically what's actually going on at a primal level. And people can sort of superimpose it on their own environments right like their their club their their company their like their church group whatever it is there's still these these sort of mini tribes that we all experience and if you get excommunicated because you don't quite fit in or you're not good enough that's a threat to your existence as it feels now it's not actually a threat to your existence There's eight plus billion people you'll find another club don't get me don't worry (laughs) about it (laughs) you know so but but in terms of the energy Yes, the male and female, it's just a horrible feeling, right? Feeling inadequate, feeling not enough. And then that manifests in all sorts of ways in the body, right? So that to me is sickness, you know, or dis-ease. That's why I love that word, dis-ease. The absence of ease will eventually cascade into our physiology and mm-hmm. manifest in some form of actual sickness. So- Super interesting. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it just to me, why I love it is because, as I said earlier, I'm not solving people's problems, I'm dissolving. Because by the time you get to something that is actually symptomatic, this is why, again, I have issue with the current system. It's, uh, you know, called the healthcare system. It's not a healthcare system at all. Now, that's not to say that we don't need it, but it's a sick care system, right? right. The doctors are specialists in problems, they're not specialists in health. Like you and I are passionate and sort of fastidious about health optimization. We have like near infrared lights in our house. I have a hyperbaric chamber. You know, it's like we do sauna, cold plunge. We know sort of qualities of food and getting sunlight and ground, like all of these aspects to me are what actually propagate health and inspire health. If I'm in a car accident, I'll be the first to say, yes, please take me to the ER. And then I'll be the first equally to send flowers and cards to the doctors and nurses that saved my life. Yeah, But that system has got nothing to do with health, right? So this is why I find this work fascinating, because even if you go and see a psychiatrist or a psychologist, invariably the person, the client, the patient is looking for help with their anxiety, their depression, their addiction. And then there's going to be the string of like fix-it solutions as it relates to whatever you think your issue is without actually getting to, well, why do you think you have an issue in the first place? Hmm. Because to me, the manifestation of a symptom is a byproduct of the deeper programming of your identity. So if who you are, using the I'm not enough, is that, then you have no choice but to either... You buy right into it, right? So if I'm not enough and I actually buy into my own identity, then I'm going to be drawn to habits that are like very self-abusive self because that's in keeping. It's a direct extension. They're sort of inextricably connected. If who I am is X, then I have to think that way, feel that way, and behave that way, and therefore the outcomes are going to be inextricably connected to how I started, which is I'm not enough. So then it becomes a beautiful reinforcing feedback loop. Conversely, what a lot of people do is they think they are a certain way, which is a a not something negation. I'm not enough. I'm not wanted. And then they'll try and disprove it. So it might look good that the guy who's or the girl who's going to the gym all the time and is in great shape. But oftentimes that behavioral adaptation is still in reaction to a compensation. So instead of like buying into it, maybe becoming an addict and homeless the same mechanism at the deep subconscious level led somebody else to a different habit that on the surface looks better and may even afford them a better life. But as from my perspective, in terms of spiritual evolution, neither of them have gone anywhere.
0: It's like this, it's like <laughs> the same, it's like they're both prisons, but this, the, the jail cells look different.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Now, one's, one's got like beautiful, like fairy lights around the bars. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> I want to talk to you about how we can each, um, progress to a feeling of enoughness uh but before we get into that yeah um have you ever encountered people online like today there's this people have weaponized the term privilege Mm -hmm. um and i'm just curious if you have any thoughts on this like you were talking about the fact that we are in a place in life where we can prioritize our health right we we sun ourselves regularly we exercise regularly we you know we have a significant um proportion of the real estate in our minds to be able to dedicate to health and wellness. And yeah. some some people that I've encountered online would say check your privilege. You know, right. not everybody has the ability to do that. You know, some people are mm-hmm. working paycheck to paycheck or unemployed at the moment and yeah. you know, in the sense of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Like yeah. how is it that people are able to kind of th- even put their health, you know, to to set their wellness as a priority? Yeah. When they don't even have like safety. Yeah. You know,
1: no, it's a beautiful question. And I think it's a much bigger conversation, you know, like because to me, you could look at my own life, and I think, you know, that's often the best place that we have any frame of reference. And you could say, okay, only child, mom dies when he's seven of cancer, dad goes to work one day when he's 17, never comes back because he dies in a boating accident. Mm. And you could equally go, oh, wow, that kid had it tough. So, but then if someone were to look at my life now, they could equally ascribe the word privileged to me. So, but I've never been given a penny. I've worked my ass off to get where I am. Right. So, that's not to say that, you know, I haven't had fortuitous encounters along the way. But then at what level is that something that karmically I've attracted based on? you know, in very kind of woo-woo, superficial ways, a positive outcome, you Mm -hmm. know, or being nice to people. So, you know, there's so many factors of the pie in terms of where we are today that I think it's it's naive to just point at somebody as though you are or you're not privileged without understanding the myriad of factors that went into who you are as a human being, starting with the DNA of your parents. How were you raised? How were you spoken to? Were you raised? By one parent who had three jobs and maybe the other parent was in jail or maybe the parent you were raised by was a crack addict. Or were you raised again maybe by a single parent who just had a positive disposition and gave you the impression that it doesn't matter. Everything's possible and you make your own luck. You know, it's it's so hard to say. What I would ask people to really consider is to drop the judgment. Mm. Because... You know, that energy is disharmonious. It is, the, it is born of the illusion of separation. If I have judgment of anybody, then I have to be looking from the perspective of self, right? Me. And what's in it for me or how does this affect me? And as long as I'm looking through the lens of separation, then it doesn't matter. You're disconnected from life. Mm. And without sounding, again, too pollyanna but it's like until we get that we are literally united and connected and and all in this together i hate that expression because it's being bastardized by media now but you know to really have brotherhood and sisterhood with other human beings that kindness wins Mm. kindness has got nothing to do with privilege because even if somebody is in a position of privilege if they feel the negativity or the abuse whether it be physical verbal or otherwise from another person, they're going to be less inclined to want to be philanthropic and support, right? And conversely, if somebody in a position of wealth is being judgmental or negative towards somebody who perhaps is in a position of struggle or poverty, then they're going to feel the oppression and then the defiance back, right? Which is what we're seeing with all of these racial commentaries. So if we can keep coming back to the default as far as I'm concerned, which is love and kindness win, Mm. And some of us, like, I'm from England, right? Like, I don't understand, like, why is somebody a king and a queen and a prince? Like, you know, it's like, how does that? I mean, like, one of the wealthiest families in the world just because you were born. Like, it doesn't even make any sense. So, you know, then we get into a deeper conversation. Well, is it karma? And, you know, what is this soul's particular journey that we're here to reveal whatever constraints and fears we have? So that's the way I look at it is, You know, regardless of what you have, what you don't have, where you're going, where you don't go, you still have to face whatever your fears and constraints are. And it's when you really understand the big paradigm that we're in this dimension, it's fascinating to me that you will get the circumstances that are perfectly customized for your own evolution. Yes. So true. But if that's, I mean, like, I'm not sure I've put those words exactly in that order. But if you really, if people want to rewind and just listen to that again, because it's so easy to default to the victim and thinking that, well, if only my circumstances were different, I'd be okay, or I'd be happy. But but then you're actually denying and there's, what's the opportunity there? What's the resistance? See, resistance to me is synonymous with suffering. Mm. Life is, you know, one of my quotes, I say, life is the way it is, but only always. Right, If you just get that. Only always. But only always. (laughs) But then there's the dialogue that we have, which is in resistance to that. So, yeah, but I don't want that. Okay, that's great, but it is the way it is. And now you have some sort of feeling of unrest Mm. because of a conversation. So if I have products, they're freedom, love, peace, you know, um, a sense of like surrender where I'm in harmony with life. It doesn't mean that everything goes perfectly for Peter Crone. It doesn't. But I'm not in resistance, and I will either be in action about it or not, depending on the priority or how important it is to me. But that affords me a sense of peace and freedom versus thinking I'm in constant conflict with my environment, which actually isn't conflict with my environment. It's in conflict with my conversation about my environment, Mm. which then you start to realize, well, that's futile. So that, that mechanism applies to the wealthiest and to the poorest. I'm not saying that the poor have it, you know, it's not that it's easy. There's still things to do and you've got to manage and maybe can't afford rent and you're struggling to get food. But then that could be pain. But I would say it's not suffering. Suffering would be the conversation you have, like, this is not fair. This is bullshit. I don't want it that way. Mm. Doesn't make it easy, but you see the difference. It's a subtle distinction between, you know, a lot of people right now, somebody's kid who hasn't eaten for a couple of days, there's going to be physiological impacts. That's a physical pain. Mm. But the conversation in one's head that, oh my gosh, I'm a hopeless parent or we're never going to get food, that would create a lot of suffering suffering on top of that. So I guess I'm just super practical and I bring it down to the objective analysis of what's going on. What can you handle? What can't you handle? Sometimes we obviously need to be resourceful versus having resources is another way of looking at it. I don't have all the resources for things that I want to pursue right now. So I have to be resourceful. What does that mean? You you find help you get investors you know you take some loans whatever it is mm. and that's where we have these systems in place so it, it's it's a, we've gone a long way away from the word privilege but i think i'd like to look at it as every human being is privileged mm. by virtue of the fact that you're human mm. and that doesn't mean that the human journey is easy quite the contrary as i've just explained you know i've just given two you know experiences from my childhood i've had many others that were very difficult and trying But why do I say being human is a privilege? Because being human is the faculty, as far as I'm concerned, through which the equipment of mind and body, we get to self-actualize, we get to self-realize, we get to recognize, wow, I'm not this meat suit. Mm. I'm not the name on my business card or the title that sits on my desk in the workplace. Um, I, I am an expression of life, a unique being that warrants as much reverence and respect as anybody else. And that speaks to the Eastern philosophies of like the word namaste, right? Mm. The divine in me recognizes the divine in you. And so that to me is a real privilege. And if we were to go around the globe and really do an assessment of some of the wealthiest and poorest, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the wealthiest actually seem less happy, Mm. Right. So, so again, there's a bit of a misnomer there that that's where success real success lies. And I'd say that's actually superficial material success, but it doesn't actually equate to internal success. And real success to me, is a human being who's at peace. And that can be, I'm not saying it easy, that can be actualized regardless of your circumstance, because there are people who live out in the middle of nowhere, whether they're monks or you know, these traditional Swami gurus who are living in cages or caves, sorry, that don't have. You know, a Austin Martin in the, in the yeah. driveway, or you know, the latest Mac iPad, or and and they're at peace. Yeah. So again, I, I'm I'm going around in different circles here, but hopefully there's something that people
0: garner from that. (laughs) Hey guys, me again. I'm so pumped to share that Paleo Valley is back this week to sponsor this episode of the show. Paleo Valley makes some of the best meat sticks around. When I'm craving a high protein, quick and tasty snack, I always tend to reach for a Paleo Valley meat stick. I challenge you to join the high stakes debate between me and my friends. Teriyaki versus summer garlic. I promise they're both so good, but I tend to find myself leaning more towards the team Teriyaki, towards Team Teriyaki. With the holidays coming up and hopefully some safe travel on the books, I highly suggest heading over to paleovalley.com slash max. We'll get 15% off of your order. That's paleovalley.com slash max to save 15% off of my favorite meat sticks, uh, which have become my go-to snack. I'm not kidding you guys. I have a fun trip to San Jose planned and you can rest assured that a Paleo Valley meat stick or two or three will also make the journey with me. So go to paleovalley.com slash max to check them out. Our final sponsor comes from my red light family over at Juve. That's J-O-O-V-V. I'm always up on the hunt for cutting edge modalities to enhance my wellness and yours. Gotta say, I love my at-home Juve red light therapy device. UV light from the sun helps us create vitamin D, but other colors and wavelengths of sunlight are also crucial to our health. Juve has found a way to isolate red and near-infrared wavelengths of light and deliver them directly to your skin and the cells below in the comfort of your own home with none of the potential downsides of excessive sunlight like skin damage. This at-home device is the ultimate form of me time or as I like to call it max time. It's good for your skin but also allows you to have a few moments of stillness which is ideal for mental health. And exciting news everybody, for a limited time Juve wants to hook you up with an exclusive discount on your first order. All you got to do is go to juve.com/geniuslife and apply my code geniuslife to your qualifying order. Exclusions apply, limited time only, but you'll get a free gift. So, um that is O O V dot com slash Genius Life and apply code Genius Life to your qualifying order. Exclusions apply, limited time only. And now back to my chat with the mind architect, Peter Crone i i completely agree i mean there's definitely a lot of super wealthy miserable people out Mm -hmm, there and mm -hmm. and you know there's that famous study where beyond a certain income level like the the amount of money that you have doesn't correlate to the amount of happiness that you that you embody but yeah certainly if you're in poverty you know more money you know there's got to be a threshold where having more money does correlate to you know greater happiness
1: yeah and i think that's the distinction between like just really as you said maslow's hierarchy of like just literally survival like shelter food and some sense of safety um yes i think and that's where it's a it's a crying shame when we have such extremes Mm -hmm. right you know you see some of these memes that go around like oh if jeff bezos was to give up half his wealth you know he would take care of every person who's in poverty right now and you know probably get a lot of change back right so it's such a tough conversation because you know there's going to be people who argue well no if you work your ass off and you do well and you build a business and then you deserve the trappings of that success but you know i guess that's an appropriate term too the trappings of that success the trappings (laughs) indeed so yeah i don't know i just you know i try to do whatever i can to be loving to help to If it's only my words at times, but sometimes it's actually physical, right? Like, you know, give somebody a helping hand, whether it be financially, physically lifting, moving, whatever it is, Mm. um, that's, um, I can only appeal to, uh, hoping that people will become
0: much more loving and kind and caring generally. No, I love that. I think, and I and I also want to underscore what you said earlier that that not having not not being so quick to judge others, mm-hmm. I think is crucially crucially important. I mean, I, I I've just been trying to wrap my head around the mindset of a commenter who. So I, you know, obviously for people listening, you know, they know this, but for for new listeners who are tuning in, you know, I offer a wealth of free health content mm-hmm. on my Instagram account every mm-hmm. single day, right? Mm-hmm. And I did a post recently where I was like, these are a few things that you could do, a simple prescription, simple prescription for health, you know, yeah. do these things every day, get more sun, drink more water, like really basic things that, yeah. you know, you'd think that anybody would be able to, mostly anybody would be able to do. And one of the comments, some, some commenter left a, a message, like check your privilege, you uh-huh. know, just like instant right. judgment, just going straight for the, for the jugular. Yeah, and, yeah. um, yeah. I'm just trying to get, understand the mindset of that person well, I mean the in my work,
1: what I've recognized and as distilled down is what I would say is that person has got two predominant qualities they're hurt and they're scared mm. and you know these are the I would say primordial energies of the ego, mm. but again, it's coming from the lens of separation. See now the irony is if he was looking through the lens of um you know acknowledgement and giving you some due for like, wow, look what this guy's created. Then it's sort of the energy of all boats rise with the tide, Mm. right? Because when we have a sense of joy for somebody else's success, uh, we experience the joy we have for somebody else's success, which raises our vibratory tone, which is the precursor to then actually attracting better circumstances, right? So, but those two qualities to me, again, it was why it warrants so much love and compassion because you just don't know the cross that people are bearing. You don't know their history, yeah. which for me equally appeals to the fact that judgment is judgment is not only, um, you know, it's deleterious to everybody because, you know, it's a form of oppression. Mm. Subtle, but, you know, if you're, you're judging somebody, you're making them wrong. If you're making them wrong, then there's, a, there's, a, there's an oppressive energy. There's a dismissal. But then what's also happening is you're separating yourself from that person. So you actually are now inspiring a sense of isolation and loneliness, which itself is going to be a vulnerable place Mm. because now you have to protect and prove and whatever you have to do.
0: So it's a lose-lose. Is that why I get so triggered by those kinds of comments? Because I want to approach everybody that follows me with love and compassion. But when somebody leaves a comment like that, I feel compelled to not necessarily respond with... I'm sorry that you're hurt and that you're afraid. Mm-hmm. I tend to respond with, you know, like something more dismissive. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is human too. Like you know, in traffic when somebody gets cut off, and you know, the the, the more you could say, the more authentic person is like, like this, <laughs> like "fuck you, buddy," you know. Whereas the more like apparently like spiritually evolved person is like. Hi, you know, like, which is really just like, it's the same energy. You're just trying to be smart about it, you yeah. know, and you're sort of that superiority complex. Mm. So I get it. So it's very normal for us to feel it's just primal again. Like when we feel attacked, you're going to do whatever you have to do to protect yourself. Yep. That is just survival instinct 101, right? Mm. The, 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 the deepest sort of imperative of every any organism is to survive. So if you feel any external threat, you will you know, gravitate to whatever your means of protection is. So when you feel that, I get it, it's not very nice, it's, but you've also got to pick your battles, right? Like that person, if you were to come back and say, you know, I'd love to understand more of where you're coming from so that, you know, perhaps I can have a better, you know, appreciation for what you see in me that could be one approach but now you're in dialogue with somebody who probably doesn't really actually want to have a conversation about it yeah you're right they they could equally be somebody who's just as privileged if we were to really break it down and do a side by side Mm. but maybe they're just having a shitty day you know and this is one of the things i help with relationships all the time especially educating men and my male buddies and my male clients and athletes is learning how to listen which is giving somebody the opportunity to have their feelings their thoughts because they're transitory and guys are usually pretty shitty listeners as it relates to their female partners because the women are very good at just expressing feelings it's like oh god and they'll go and then the guys are okay let me fix it and they're like well no i'm just expressing my frustration so for a guy to come back and just say you know honey god that sounds awful you know i i love you and and it just sounds like you had a really rough day and i'm sorry and You know, that's like you're just getting somebody's reality. Mm. Now, you're not going to afford that. You've got a big platform. You know, you're not going to be able to do that to everybody who makes a comment. Um, What you can see is, okay. what does that trigger in you? Right. So one of my sort of uh, expressions that has become relatively popular that people have shared kindly is life will present you with people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free. Mm. So what does that mean? Going back to what I said about this dimension is a wonderful, curated, customized program for you to see where are your constraints and fears. So what I would look at is, okay, check your privilege. You know, what was the trigger for you is your opportunity. It's less about how can you appease that person, make them wrong. That would still be in your fear of fight and flight mode. But it's like, okay, what did that, that kind of hurt, you know, because I would assert, I'm guessing you know, you're giving out information, you're doing it from a place of care, you're trying to help. And then when you feel this energy of judgment, it sort of flies in the face of your underlying intention. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So so then you can look at, okay, I'm a caring guy. And maybe, just maybe, there is something that I could look at in terms of what did that trigger in me where maybe I do have a sense of judgment of others, and maybe I'm a little oblivious to what Mm. people are really dealing with. So then you can look at those kind of encounters as an opportunity for
0: your own growth as opposed to somebody's actually attacking you yeah well said i mean i just find it like to be ironic that i would get a comment like that and i don't want to make this any more about me than it already is but yeah when i work so hard to put and it and it does and it does come from a place of of care caring for others empathy empathy for people i mean people know that my whole thing is about helping people not go through what it is that i had in my own family you know the sickness and the yeah disease that i that that i experienced but anyway yeah I, 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 i digress
1: no, but it's, it's it, you know, I love how these subtle, small, everyday encounters contain so much in terms of the human dynamic, right? It's just, you know, three words, if that's all he actually wrote, but there's so much to be unpacked in that in terms of his experience, you know, if we were to bring him in here right now, you know, and have a conversation, but from a loving place and let us understand what is it about what you saw that caused that trigger? Mm. You know, because what I hear is, as I said, he's hurt and scared and he's under a lot of pressure. Yeah. And he's probably somebody who really looks up to you, otherwise, he wouldn't be following you. And he really aspires to have your life. But right now, he feels very stuck and he's frustrated because mm. he wants to do that because it's inspiring what you share. And he knows that there's more of him available, but he's in pure survival mode right mm. now. And if we could just get him to give himself some forgiveness and and soften his own approach to himself, because really that's a reflection of his own judgment of where he's at too, right? Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have a comment about that if he wasn't already in some sort of conflict about where he's at and who he is. A thousand percent. Yeah. So that's where we go, oh, okay, somebody's under a lot of pressure. It's the, the metaphor of squeezing in an orange. You put an orange under stress and orange juice comes out of it. You put a human being under stress and you will see their contents, (laughs) right? And it's usually not that pretty because most people are struggling. Mm. And that's where, again, we come back to love and compassion, especially of ourselves, right? So if I were to sit with that guy say, I get it, you know, it's difficult. You look at someone like that. And he's probably got all sorts of narratives about who he thinks you you are that's also inaccurate, that's contributing to his own feeling of inadequacy. Mm. But his opportunity is to look at that part of who he is and go, wow, you know, it's like, I just feel like I'm
0: in a shitty place and I'm frustrated. Yeah. I think so much of the judgment that goes on now on social media, it's so ironic to me that, you know, we leave these hateful comments on people's profiles. Yeah. um, With smartphones that were made in other countries in you know, under conditions that were probably not the kindest and most (laughs) empathetic of, of conditions. Right. Yeah. And. The fact that they're using smartphones implicitly, um, what the, you know, what that, what that means is that these people have access to all of the world's knowledge yeah. at their fingertips 24 hours a day. Podcasts, free podcasts where they can listen to people like you. Yeah. You know. And I'm not cheap. <laughs> I'm sure you're not cheap. I don't think yeah. I can afford you. <laughs> but you're out there, like yeah, on people's yeah. podcasts, putting all this content out there for free. Yeah, absolutely. For people. So why all the judgment? Because
1: as I said, life will present you with people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free. So in this case, that person is not free. It's one of my favorite quotes to myself, which is, can, or question, can I be with this?
0: Hmm.
1: Now, if you just sit even with what I just said, like, can I be with this circumstance? Like, whatever it is, like, I get to my car, and someone is putting a parking ticket on it, and they won't stop, Right the natural human inclination right there is like fuck you like you know it's like you're going to get upset but you go okay can i be with this now what does that actually reveal for us responsibility mm. and if you're going to have a powerful life you can only get there if you understand that you're fully responsible for it mm. amen now that itself is a place most people don't want to go and that's the 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 sliding scale between 100% responsibility and 100% victim. You know, most people are sort of hovering in the middle, more towards victim. And that's okay. That's all they know, right? And that's where the compassion comes in. But when I got that I was 100% responsible for my life, there was just such a transition in the way that I did everything. Because it's no longer anyone else's fault. I can remember going to, you saw the movie Heal, right? The documentary or not? Like I was in. Mm. I might have. Okay, but I don't, I don't well it's a, a shameless plug for, you know, not the I get. Oh yeah, you were from, in that. That's how I know about yeah, it. Yeah, the documentary here with, you know, Dr. Joe and D Park and Bruce Limpton, some very cool cats, which for me was, you know, real talk about privilege. I felt like I was in the presence of great teachers. So, but anyway, I was on literally on the way to the premiere of heel at the lemley in santa monica which was the first theatrical kind of release of the of the movie it's now on netflix for free um and i roll through um oh i didn't roll through i went through a green light uh just at the santa monica incline and a guy came through the red light down the incline totally t-boned me oh man now i'm on my vespa on my way to, cuz i was doing a q and a panel after the movie right on a vespa yeah i ride it i mean i love it it's around la i'm not sure i can survive in a car <laughs> i have a car but in terms of nipping around it's it's awesome and unless you get t-boned by a guy oh going through god. red light don't recommend that so anyway thank god obviously i made it i'm here thank god but um it wasn't pleasant And I got sprayed across PCH. And thank God, again, I was wearing this leather jacket, which I just treated myself to, because normally I'm just in a t shirt and like shorts. So that would have left a mark even through the leather, you know, there was a lot of road rash. My bike was totaled. And anyway, we pulled into the club that's across there and we exchanged papers. And I can remember he was like, how, like, how are you so calm? (laughs) He's like, Like, I'm really sorry. I'm like, I I mean, it is what it is. Like, let's, let's, I've got to go to a thing. Like, let's just make sure we do the due diligence of whatever insurance and all of that. Because in my mind, even though it makes no sense, I, at a deep soul, energetic level, am responsible for that incident. Now, on the logistics, legal side, for sure, his insurance company had to buy me a new bike. And, you know, I didn't have many medical expenses because I take care of myself. Even their insurance kept coming back and said, like, 'Cause most people jack it up like I was like three grand as opposed to they're expecting a hundred and something.
0: Well, you were lucky, you didn't break any bones. For sure. Yeah. But
1: there's a lot of things I could have got a lot of, you know, help with. Mm. Anyway, point is I recognized back to responsibility that in ways that I don't necessarily understand, I attracted those circumstances, if only to maybe make this point in a podcast one day. You know, so it just gave me real power, not power in a way that's associated with the ego, but power in a way that I am the author of my life and that I will constantly attract the events of my life for my own growth, for my own spiritual evolution. And again, I often say life isn't about circumstantial comfort. Mm. It's about spiritual evolution. So that comes around hopefully full circle to understand that until such time, that we each get that we're a hundred percent responsible for our life. I'm not saying that we want the circumstances. I'm not saying the circumstances people have are easy. They may be incredibly heinous. You know, we see some of the things recently that are happening around the world. These are just horrific images and people are going through like real hardship and pain from shootings to, you know, having your neck kneeled on and whatever. Yeah. So But nonetheless, in ways, and this is the bit that's a leap for people sometimes to understand, is from the perspective of your soul's progression, the circumstances of your life are for your evolution. And if you really own that, then you tend to actually sort of go through these steps a lot quicker versus resisting them. You know, when people have substances to escape fear, suffering, whether it be, you know, marijuana or alcohol, sex, prescribed drugs, street drugs, whatever it is. Again, that's not wrong, but you're not actually looking at what is it that here is my opportunity to transcend. And that takes a big human to do that, you know, go, okay, why am I in this circumstance? Why have I attracted these, these situations into my life? What is the opportunity here such that I can be fully
0: empowered and responsible and upgrade my life? Mm. How can we transcend feelings of inadequacy to circle back to you know a topic that we covered earlier?
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful question. And again, as you're probably gathering, I use lots of different quotes. I say the ego doesn't want to be healed. It wants to be held. Mm. So I would assert the inadequacy belongs to the ego or the idea of yourself. It's a narrative that invariably, beyond invariably, always gets created in childhood, or at least it gets revealed because mom said this, dad said that, a high school teacher did this, your first love said that, your sister did whatever. And then it's like, oh, I feel less than, but that's a conversation. It's not a truth. And so what actually to transcend it is actually not to get rid of it or become stronger, more beautiful as a way to compensate for it, but to go, oh, that's part of my humanity. And actually when you really own it, it's quite beautiful because then you see that we all have it and that's a connection point. That's a, that's a unity point. That's a position of relativity I can relate to. Even though I've done this for so long that now it's all second nature. When I meet somebody who feels inadequate, I'm like, I'm right there with them. I'm like, I lived that way for 20 something years, you mm-hmm. know, and I was perfect Pete, you know, at college as a compensation. Do you think that had a lot of pressure? That was miserable, you mm-hmm. know, but so it's recognizing it, having awareness of the pattern that it's human and that it's Okay. And just as we would, if we were a parent, I'm not a parent and
0: you, you have a cat. but Yeah. I'm a cat. I'm a cat dad. <laughs> cat dad. That's the, that's the extent of it. I don't have any other, uh,
1: but you know, if you if your cat was feeling inadequate, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're like, come here, it's okay. I love you. You know? So it's like, it's the, to the short version of how do we transcend it? We love it. We love it. Yeah. We love our humanity and all of our frailties and feelings of inadequacy. And that's just like the little child, you know, you call it in a child work whatever, and go, wow, there's a part of me that really feels like I'm less than a lot of people I know. And that's a shitty feeling. So it's almost like, what do those feelings that we have that elicit suffering, you know, negativity, whatever word you want to use, inadequacy, what does that feeling warrant as a space to be held? Hmm. So, think, you know, I always like to depicted as a child because it's easier and so many people obviously have their own kids so they're like they recognize if their kid hurt themselves fell over was scared was worried that they weren't as you know good as their friend who got picked for the team that they didn't or the parent naturally knows there's a drawing to like i want to i want to hold my child i want to reassure them so it's really developing that quality of love and acceptance but for our own mm.
0: internal dialogue hmm. are we able to make others feel inadequate because i feel like that's a that's a common complaint that i hear sometimes in relationships like you know he doesn't appreciate me or she makes me feel like i'm not enough yeah or is that just a magnification are we talking about your girlfriend oh <laughs> we're talking about, no <laughs> no um asking asking Check for, your privilege as, asking for a friend <laughs> my,
1: my brother um, Uh Yes. So, so to answer the first part of the question, no, you can't make anyone else feel inadequate, mm. which is a bold statement, but I'm going to stick to it because you can only say something or do something. It can only reveal the belief of inadequacy that person has already got. Mm. For which reason, whatever you do or say is actually a gift. Again, going back to my point about your life is revealing your own feelings of limitation. So What it's actually showing is that it's not that you made them feel inadequate, but that they feel inadequate. So if it was in a relationship situation, which I do hear a lot, obviously, and doesn't always have to be the female to the male, it can be both ways, Mm -hmm. but let's skew it a little bit because invariably it is the woman who feels inadequate relative to how she's being treated because men have got a lot of growth to do and a lot of work. But what that reveals to me is that she doesn't recognize her own value. So she's attracted somebody who is the mirror for her own in sort of the, the reflection of her own lack of self-care and love, mm. right? So the feeling of whatever she has as a deep sense of worthlessness, and that's a strong word, but, you know, where there's an absence of self-worth, has attracted a male who will mirror that, or a female who will mirror that, until sometimes she goes, wait a minute, I don't want to be in a situation where I don't feel revered, honored, respected, loved. But then if she was to look at her own behaviors and the way she treated herself, those qualities that she's ascribing to her partner would probably be the way she lives her life. Hmm. You know, so that's, again, the beautiful interaction of relationships. I think relationships are the conduit to evolution and to growth and awakening, because without relativity, you don't have an experience. So that's why relationships are invariably the number one topic of conversation, because it's through the mirror of a partner, especially when there's sort of heartstrings involved, like you get more in, embedded with somebody, then you are going to reveal these deeper hurts and pains, which is the quote unquote cosmic surgery to reveal and remove the toxicity of your own narratives.
0: The cosmic surgery to reveal the toxicity of your own narrative i've never said that before in my life
1: i'm gonna write that down that that, was awesome
0: that's a beautiful i finally hit brilliant i'm out (laughs) genius (laughs) the fact that you could repeat that back was genius too yeah i mean you know the cosmic surgery the (laughs) cosmic surgery revealing the toxicity of your own narrative (laughs) put that in a book. That was, that was really good. Thank you. Yeah.
1: yeah so I'm going to, that, that's copyrighted, by the way. I- <laughs> <laughs> that was that a was really beautiful,
0: yeah. beautiful sequence of, of words. Thank I've, you. I, I just have to commend you. Thank so, you. So if you're a woman, say, in this example, and you're in a relationship and you don't feel, you feel inadequate, mm-hmm. that's because there's inner work that you perhaps <clears> need to do. Does that mean that, so you suggested that, in that state of inadequacy, she attracted or she was attracted to yeah, the male or Virgin, female you know, that she's Virgin. with. Yeah. yeah. Does that mean that that relationship is no good? Or no, that- it means it's great, but it might not mean
1: that it lasts, hmm. <laughs> right? It, it's great in as much as it's revealing what you need to see or the opportunity for growth. And again, as I said earlier, sometimes people will ignore those opportunities and go into some form of escape because they're not ready to process. So they may justify, rationalize, oh, he only does this periodically or whatever it might be, instead of actually looking, no, this doesn't feel good. And also she may not have learned that through her role models, you know, of her archetypes of male and female, mom and dad, where there was some sort of dismissal of the feminine. And so the the daughter has recognized, well, that's normal. That's an expression of love. So she's mirroring what she learned. I mean, if you grew up in Madrid, you learn Spanish, right? If you grow up in a family where the parents aren't very affectionate, and they're often bickering at each other, then invariably the, the offspring are going to learn that as a form of like that's what a relationship looks like. Mm. So there are many moving parts, again, for that person's evolution. They may, And this is why it's great to have podcasts and read books and watch YouTube videos about love and sex and intimacy and relationships because you get to see other examples of what it could look like. So it's great to go back to your question because she's getting to have a look at, okay, well, who do I say I am that attracts somebody that treats me that way. And this comes back to I'm 100% responsible mm. versus I'm a victim of how that guy's treating me. It's like, well, no, at some level, perhaps not conscious, because of the way that I view myself, hold an energy of myself, this is a perfect mirror for where I'm at right now. As she transcends that, and this is what I do every day with people, obviously, is I up-level their view of themselves so that they have a heightened vibration, a much more loving, compassionate, accepting caring view of themselves, then every area of their life can't help but equally come to match that. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I say, you can't create the life of someone you don't yet believe yourself to be. Again, it's one of my quotes. So it's like, if who she believes herself to be is somehow less than and not that pretty and blah, 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 well, then she can't create the life of maybe this sort of quintessential princess that she'd like to be treated by or like, right? So (laughs) The relationship, and again, this may sort of jar a few people, I'm less concerned about the physical form of a relationship. Like mm. I always say, form's going to come and go. But what are you getting in terms of how can you learn and grow from one another, which actually is the beauty of relationship and really relating to somebody go, wow, This is really revealing something for my opportunity to become a bigger, more expanded version of myself, which then in turn is going to benefit the partner, whether they stay with you or not. Uh, You know, the form may change, but the essence is always there. And the essence to me is always love, because even in that encounter, the male using these stereotypes that we're using is also not recognizing the power he has to bring security, to bring value to bring reverence to the feminine which is certainly what we need now in society Mm. as it relates to women but also planet earth right mother nature is being abused by the traumatized male if we look at corporations you know there's not going to be a woman ceo i doubt who's going to be tearing down the rainforest for the sake of like you know growing more freaking corn for cows or whatever's going on yeah you know because they don't have that predisposition so so this dynamic of the oppressive male over the sort of more suppressive female, which is now creating defiance, me too, and everything that's coming to the surface, it's, it's hard to look at. It's difficult to go through, but it's very necessary. So the form has to change, but the underlying essence is for human evolution and for us to grow. And I think even with everything that's going on right now with COVID, it's brought how much shit to the surface in terms of you know, corporate corruption, all the lies, the healthcare system that's not a healthcare system. It's a sick care system and it's amazing for what it does, which is, you know, triage and trauma and emergencies, but it's got nothing to do with health. Great. Uh, all of the shit that's going on in sex trafficking and uh, that's all coming to the surface. It's always been there. All the stuff, obviously, with racism, as Will Smith said, racism's not getting worse, it's getting filmed, mm. right? So to me, COVID is the great revealer, is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not pretty but it's bringing shit to the surface that honestly needs to be addressed as far as I'm concerned and you know and and we're trying to figure it out together but um it's 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 an opportunity for us to basically
0: up level what it means to be human in all regards 2020 is like a big bad pimple you know, everything's just sort of come to the surface, formed a head. Yeah, you know, all these issues. Has it popped? I think it might have popped. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's that big that it's still everywhere. I hope it's popped. <laughs> well, it's a series <laughs> of pimples. Yeah, imagine if it. Imagine if it hasn't popped. <clears throat>
1: um,
0: yeah. What's What's a daily practice that my listeners can um, apply in their own lives that's going to help them achieve a greater sense of self love enoughness? Like, what is a uh, you know, just a, a daily practice for them that they can start doing today?
1: Um, that's a great question. I want to list everything that you put in the post to see if I get the check your privilege comment. <laughs> get some sun, hydrate, move your body. Yeah. Um, so no, as it relates to the emotional state, it's a great question. So it's, you've got to have the ability to self-reflect, right? And the only way you're going to self-reflect is if you pull yourself out of survival for a minute. What does that look like? literally sit down for five, 10 minutes quietly. You could call it a meditation. You could call it journaling. But something that allows you to just take an internal sort of inventory of what is it that I'm worried about. So you could just list very simply, what are my concerns? One through three, one through 10, however many concerns you have. And then whatever those concerns are, sit with them. Because, first of all, getting them out as opposed to a feeling sort of creates a little bit of space, right? So, I, it's much easier if a friend comes to me with that particular concern, I'm on it. I love them. It's okay. It'll work out. But if it's my concern inside of me, it's like I'm doomed, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you can get it out and go, okay, what do those concerns call for, right? So, I can remember I was at a workshop and someone asked me a question, and, and this will tie into this. And she asked, her concern was, uh, loneliness. So how do I deal with loneliness? Now, a strategy, which is how most people look at their lives, right? Like you have a problem and then you come up with a solution. Well, you know, what you should do, Max, is go and join like a local sports club. you like to play tennis, right? Go and play tennis or go to your local community church or go to a yoga studio, you know, meet people, right? So that's a strategy. But you actually haven't dealt with the underlying energy, because as long as you have some superficial sort of compensation or band-aid, the energy's still there. And now you've just got some sort of distraction, right? So I said to her, which ties into the list, what does loneliness want? And it took her a while to get, but I'll ask you. So what what would you assert loneliness wants?
0: Um, loneliness wants love. Yeah. So that's one way of saying it.
1: And if someone is alone, what would you say they want? If, if being alone is an issue. Yeah. Uh, company, they want. Perfect, yeah. right? So I said to her, loneliness is asking for companionship,
0: mm.
1: which you've perfectly described as the combination of love and company, right? Mm. Hopefully, depending on the company you care. Yeah. So I said, rather than looking for some exogenous external strategy to overcome your loneliness, What if you could be with your loneliness? Because that is companionship to the experience of loneliness. And she had this tear in her eye almost immediately because she just got it. It's like, wow, she's not being with her own experience of loneliness. She's trying to get away from her loneliness, which is making the loneliness exacerbated. Hmm. Because like the kid who's by himself and it's like, no, I don't want to be with him. So I know it sort of seems maybe a little weird because she's talking about herself, but it's actually not. It's an internal feeling that is asking to be held. Why I said the ego wants to be held, not healed. So when you write down your concerns, if you can sit with them, and sometimes it helps to put them to one side and then come back. So you've got a slightly different perspective and then ask, what do each of these concerns crave? Right. So loneliness is craving companionship. Okay. well, then what's companionship look like? I'm going to sit with my loneliness and just really get it. Like, yeah, that's tough. Like, I can, I understand. Like, Mm. that's, it's okay. And invariably, you're going to find that the answer to all of them is some form of being with, presencing your own love, your own compassion, your own acceptance of the feeling. The feeling is just asking to be heard. Like I said, the male who doesn't listen to the female as a general stereotype is not getting that she just wants her feelings to be heard and held. Mm. And so we get the opportunity to do that for ourselves. And so that would be the exercise. Write down your concerns because as soon as you go into the concern, the mind wants to go to a solution, and now you haven't actually dealt with anything. So sit with what is the concern and what is the primordial feeling emotion that is asking to come in to cradle, hold, and... and basically love and accept that feeling for what it is I, I i gave a metaphor once i said you know if you have a dinner party and you have to invite all of your emotions and you're going through the guest list right so <laughs> can't wait for fun to be there he's awesome <laughs> happiness just always like everyone loves happiness positivity joy you know humor and um then you start to get to the sort of more quote unquote, you know, oh, Do I have to invite anger? I mean, something (laughs) shit's going to go down, you know, like misery. It's like everybody leaves like down or after listening to him and like frustration and anxiety. No one can eat because everyone's worried around anxiety, right? And it's like you start to realize that we are this holistic like palette of comprehensive feelings across the spectrum. The question is, rather than trying to push the pendulum in one direction, can you be a big enough human being that you make space for all of them? All my feelings are welcome at the dinner table. And what's beautiful about that is as soon as we allow them all, the quote-unquote heavier, more negative ones tend to, like a baby, fall asleep because hmm. it feels comfortable. And then I get to enjoy some more of the others like, oh, I'm free and I'm happy, and it's not that everything's perfect, but I, there's, a, there's, again, peace. You know, So peace is not the absence of resistance to my own human experience of whatever feelings are arising. But that takes a big human being to make space for it as opposed to trying to block some out or deny them or
0: pretend that we don't have them. Oh, my God. Beautiful. I love that. <laughs> well, this has been so fun. Yeah. We're, we're about out of time.
1: Okay. Can I bring depression to the table? You can bring depression. <laughs> because I'm so sad that this. <laughs> you got uh-huh. fun. I'm like, I'm going to bring some anger.
0: No, I want to talk more. I love that metaphor. I was thinking like, oh, grump- <laughs> grumpy Max, moody Max yeah. coming to the party. Yeah. God, get I think out. you came to my house
1: like that one. i <laughs> <laughs> kidding.
0: Moody, you don't want to be around Moody Max. I'm not. No, I'm Max, not, I'm you're, not Moody. you're a sweetheart,
1: and I, uh, I love this. You know, I'm sure we could talk for hours. But thanks, man. Um, yeah, hopefully everyone got a little something, something from that. Like you know, we're all doing the best we can. More love, more care, more compassion, and hold your inner child with a lot
0: of love with, lo- with a lot of love <laughs> um i've got one last question for you please uh but before we get to that where can listeners find you on social media and uh connect with you if they have, if they have follow-up questions if they want to oh, you know all the spaces if they uh, want to stan you i think that's what the young kids are saying the kids stan? are saying yeah like for super fanning you know oh i, th- I think stan? that's the term i don't okay. know
1: yeah um I'll, I'll take some stands. um <laughs> So easiest place is just Peter Crone Official on the gram and then petercrone.com is my website. PeterCrone.com. Nice. And you Peter said you Krohn have official. Your, you're working on a book? Working on a book. Dope. And then um, actually, you know, whilst we're here, a lot of people have been asking about my course, Free Your Mind, which was out and it's been closed because we got some very cool upgrades that I just did with even more content where I got to address some of the community questions that people had. So it's sort of more robust. So that'll come out, I'm guessing, middle of October. So I don't know when this comes out, but um, that should probably be close to when
0: this airs. Dope. And we're going to have you back on because I know that you're also an Ayurvedic teacher.
1: Practitioner. Practitioner. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I really want to do a deep dive into Ayurveda because I've been sort of interested in it in that in that topic for a while yeah and so uh, I think we already have your reappearance on the books on the calendar so yeah sequel yeah and it's not
1: something I do sort of drip feed it here and there you know because people find it fascinating and I keep getting more questions about it so I've yet to do a full podcast dedicated to it so I think that would be certainly more practically helpful for people in terms of diet and lifestyle and
0: so excited. Why they have their different imbalances. Can't wait. Well, the yeah. last question that gets asked to everybody on this show, Peter Crone, what does it mean to you to live a genius life? What does living a genius life mean to you?
1: Wow. Um, should have watched some of your shows. I was prepared for that question. Yeah, you should have. <laughs> no, I'm I've heard it before. <laughs> I love your shows. Um, for me, it, what does it mean? It is my main commitment is to love you know, and that is all embracing. It's not in the romantic context, but it is of self, of other, of life. And that's my greatest, you know, that's my genius life is the more that I come from love then the more I know that I'm in harmony
0: with my true nature. Beautiful. Yeah. What was the, what was the line from earlier? The cosmic surgery surgery oh so good yes
1: and performing cosmic surgery to help people discover more love for themselves too you know because love really speaks to unity versus you know fear really speaks to the uh, the illusion of separate illusions of separation Hmm. do you see all the matrix movies there's this french guy in the second one i think I just love the way says it says it's an illusion. The illusion yes. of separation. Anyway. It is an illusion. Yes. So more love. Um, and uh, that, that's just all boats rise with the tide. As I said, there is an embrace, there's an acceptance, there's a harmony. And um, that, that's our true nature
0: as far oh. as I'm concerned. Love that. Yeah. Such a pleasure to have you here.
1: Can we end by holding hands again? Because that's how we started.
0: Let's do it. <laughs> I like this. Isn't that? It's like, but by the way, touch is so important. Yeah, that was a little too long, but. Uh, but think, okay. So, go, so going back to my, not that I'm bitter about it, but like yeah. th- simple things that people can do, no matter where they're nose breathing, <clears throat> breathe through your nose more. Yeah, you know, I mean, not everybody is going to be. Some people have deviated septums and the like, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Anyway
1: no but but no it's true but there's so like i'm learning right i'm learning so much constantly and i'm just a perpetual student you know i did human biology exercise physiology that's pretty deep i did a master's i became an ayurvedic practitioner i became a yoga teacher i became a Pilates instructor so cool you know like i'm a perpetual and there's still so much for me to learn hmm. so again it goes back to you know we only know as much as we know and to have a sense of compassion for ourselves and and hopefully you know, if people are interested in discovering and exploring what it means to be human, we get to learn some of these things along the way. And I think the 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 nature of life today with podcasts, internet, YouTube, blah, 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 there is a wealth of information out there. There's really, in this day of information, there's sort of no more excuse for ignorance, we could say. Yes, right. a thousand percent. Yeah, And and there's still the compassion that a lot of people, even in that distinction and understanding are literally just trying to survive and maybe they don't have the same amount of time. You know, if they've got three jobs where they start at four in the morning and they end at 10 o'clock at night, you know, okay, we could say, well, let's like like optimize and listen to a podcast on the bus or, you know, there's ways to do it. But people are literally just sometimes, as you said, living rent check to rent check.
0: Yeah. But I think it's important to acknowledge that the, I mean, the world is not perfect. None of us are saying that it is. No. Right. Like nobody is saying that. Mm -hmm. um but we are living in the best times
1: yeah
0: um i think without a doubt for the for the sheer fact that you know information has become largely democratized Mm -hmm. and you know if you are on social media and youtube and you're leaving those hateful judgeful comments yeah judging comments then that's not constructive that's a waste of your time you should be listening to podcasts you should be Mm -hmm. doing your own research you should be you know building a little digital business for yourself or what have you i mean there's the point is that there are options
1: yeah there are and there are for sure and i would just say a slightly bigger picture is to have compassion that everybody is doing the best they can Mm. within the limits of their current awareness Mm. And that just is a much deeper cut at love and acceptance where the person who wrote whatever they wrote, whether he was having a bad day, whether he's feeling a lot of pressure, whether he feels like inadequate relative to you, he's operating. Now, in a week, in a month, he may discover something and he may be writing a comment that is completely the antithesis of that because he's changed. Mm. You know, so you read a book and then you read it a year later, you watch a film, you watch it a year later. It's different, but it's the same book and same film. What happened is you've got different eyes that you're looking through, which that's really my you know, fundamental product is I give people new eyes to look through so that everything else looks different. So it's going back to the judgment thing, just allowing people to be where they are. We're doing the best we can to not bring wrong making or judgment to others. And um, that would certainly make for a better world. I love that. I don't wanna let you go. <laughs> See, it's cause I got so much self-love, now you wanna love me.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do love you. I, I do love, love you. you. I love everyone. Um, thanks but, for being here. Yes. To all you guys out there on podcast land, thank you so much for tuning in. Text me to let me know what you thought about this episode of the show. three one zero two nine 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 four zero one. Share this episode with your friends and loved ones. Tag Peter. Tag myself. Would really appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, I will catch you on the next episode. Peace.